0: Here's a question. How does an ordinary person land their dream job in the sports industry immediately after graduating? Welcome to the sports Grad podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I'm Ruben Williams. And I'm Ryan Walker. In
1: 2017, we said goodbye to
0: exams and hello to full-time work. This is a behind-the-scenes reveal of exactly how the best sports industry professionals in the world created careers that most only dream of.
1: We believe every dream job in sport is worth chasing. And that's why we want to give you the tools to make it a reality.
0: For a proven process to getting jobs in sport, download our free ebook, How to Get Jobs in Sport The Sports Grad Method. You can get this for free at www.sportsgrad.com.au.
1: Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker, and with me, as always, is the busy Reuben Williams. How are you today, mate? I am
0: fantastic, Ryan. It's uh, always an enjoyable experience hearing your voice and seeing your face, so I couldn't be happier to be with you here today. How are you going?
1: I'm going well. I've currently got a young puppy running around my room whilst whilst I record this podcast, so he's proving to be quite a challenge. Uh, But no, all is well. Uh, So you might hear a few funky little sounds throughout this episode, but no, all is going well at HQ. Well,
0: you're a seasoned
1: veteran now. You
0: can do the podcast under stress, and I know like there's a lot of other things that people will train up for and just try and add stresses to it. And now you've uh, you've tackled the the podcast skill under stress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Potting whilst dog at feet uh, <laughs> is a challenge, but I'm up for it. Um, and yeah, biting curtains as well. So no, all good over here. So today's app, Jimmy Galvin. Absolute legend, I must say, just from the get-go, um, but he's the man who has brought Aqua Rugby to the world, which is absolutely awesome, but what a chat we have with him. I thought it was really, really interesting and a lot to take away for our uh, listeners. Yeah, look, I've worked with him for three years and uh, learned
0: more about him in the last 45 minutes than I did during that time. He's a phenomenal guy, just has so much energy as well, which I think you need to be doing what he's doing and so much got brought up right and there were mentions of music festivals and letters to the Queen, bowling to the West Indies cricket team after just sending a letter to the team management asking if he could. Jimmy has just like this got this knack to um think of an idea and follow through on it and it's led him to so many different places.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When he when he chatted about the, the letter to the Queen and in West Indies, that was uh pretty random I must say. Uh so that was quite cool. I thought what he, he spoke really well about how he uses LinkedIn in a really authentic way. Um, and, you know, even just speaking to like adding people as a connection on LinkedIn, adding a note in there just to be really authentic about why uh, and, you know, why am I connecting with you? What do I, what do I need? What's the problem I want to solve? So that was really cool hearing how he used LinkedIn as a tool.
0: Absolutely. And then thirdly, like I can relate because Jimmy and I were both part of the the Cricket Australia redundancies in june 2020 but it was awesome to kind of hear his own experience about how losing his job pushed him to start aqua rugby australia and now he's at the point where he's got 10 employees he's got investors he's got government support for this idea and it's just growing arms and legs everywhere so that is like a truly inspirational story not only for myself but for anybody out there
1: Absolutely, Rubes. It's a cracker conversation. So grab a pen, grab your notepad, and enjoy this chat with Jimmy Galvin. Jimmy, welcome to the Sports Grad podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, It's awesome to be here. And uh, congratulations on you, your ratings, and what you're doing in the sports world. It's fantastic.
0: Thank you very much, mate. Your story, however, is absolutely action-packed and we can't wait to dive into it Um, and starts off from as early as selling hospitality at things like the Monaco Grand Prix straight out of uni to running your own music label and and DJing at at major events in New York, Asia and Europe. I do recall one time you came back to the Office of Crick Australia and you told me about the annual leave you'd taken at Burning Man, which I think probably deserves an entire episode in itself. (laughs) <laughs> uh you know, from that to from that to hosting a, a rugby TV show with with Charlotte Mortlock from Sky News to completing an MBA and spending time at Real Madrid. And uh between all that was your five year career from the age of twenty five as state sales manager for Crick Australia, which is where we cross paths. There are so many places that we could go with this, but I want to dive into your latest child, and that is Aqua Rugby Australia. Now, this has really picked up in the last couple, uh, not couple of months, last 12 months and is now where you're spending all your time despite all the different things you could be doing. Uh, But it has been brewing for four years now. So firstly, can you explain to us a bit about what is Aqua Rugby and then can you take us on a bit of the journey of how Aqua Rugby Australia has gained momentum from just being an idea four years ago to now being a government-backed event
2: uh Rubes, hats off to you on that for an intro um that's incredible Matt thank you so much uh, and look it's uh yeah you're right uh it it has of course progressed so much in the past 12 months um which has been incredible um but I, I suppose you would have been seeing that sort of behind the scenes and and on my my LinkedIn account there but uh look we we're close to launching and unveiling all to the world um April 9 Friday April 9 is where we we give it all away and tickets go on sale on on April 14 but look what the hell is aqua rugby um think Hong Kong Sevens meets Monaco Grand Prix uh all on Manly Wharf so all the best parts of rugby union in terms of the star players the fast action the big hits but all on a floating pitch, right? Uh, so the floating pitch is, is 30 by 30 metres and you you won't believe this, Ryan and Ruben, we actually build the pitch on the other side of the city uh, and we tugboat it across the Harbour Bridge and underneath and we anchor it down in Manly. So that itself is its own wacko thing that we've had to get over the line, um, but we, we have. And um, look, players have to dive into the water to score. They can get, you know, drilled off the side but um we've got celebrity games we've got serious games but one thing that's super important to us as well is we've got this the, the equal amount of, of games of men's and women throughout and and that's something that's super important to us but um something that makes this something so much more sort of bold and different to being a, a showcase rugby spectacle is that we've got five super yachts lining the, the side of the pitch where uh, people can buy tickets onto to watch the games and we'll have musicians on there. And we've got headline acts on the pitch itself. We've actually between us, we've, we've uh, booked sneaky sound system to, to play on the pontoon and, and some shows on, on the shoreline. And the cool thing is about the shoreline actually, is that it's, it's free to the public. So you can come to Sydney or you can come over to Manly on the ferry. And the first thing you see when you walk off Manly ferry is this, ridiculous spectacle with big screens food trucks local musicians playing along the beach while there's a, a massive rugby festival floating just in front of you uh, on the manly shoreline so i'm hoping i've done it justice there but that's what rugby, how rugby is um and look and and reuben to to your your point look it, it, it's an interesting one i suppose it's kind of a, a real background and you did it you did a great job in that introduction there rubes of you know where the hell I've come from and why this may have come around. I uh, my my experience prior going on this full time was uh, my first job out of school. I was I was selling hospitality for a company called Platinum Pass and a, and a uh, a boss called Dan morahan in Sydney and he he was a, a great salesman and and got on board and contracted some brilliant events such as the Hong Kong Sevens, Monaco Grand Prix, Singapore Grand Prix. That really taught me, you know, how to sell an event and, and what a hospitality experience can be. Um, and with that, I I worked at Cricket Australia with yourself groups uh, for for five years and worked with some some brilliant minds in Australian sports hospitality, like really forward thinking uh, in what you can do to deliver an Australian sport, but tastefully and in hospitality and kind of go that little bit uh, above and beyond and in between it all, I, my, my big passion is music. And, and um, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I've, I've done a lot of DJing around the world and the likes, and I actually did a, a unpaid internship at Fuzzy Music Events, who, for those listeners in Sydney, you would know Harbour Life and Field Day and the likes. I, I worked for eight months for free uh, with those guys, which gave me just so much, you know, creativity as well, and just sort of put all those influences all into one. And, um was looking on youtube and and saw some versions of this event online and i just thought to myself and and my housemate at the time a bloke called jeremy gooden uh i said shit man we can do this better in sydney like look at the look at the harbor it is like this they they're doing it this way we could do it so much better like this and 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 i just started brainstorming with him and and, and it just so happened to be that uh jeremy's cousin was Bernard Foley from the Wallabies uh, so he was playing week in week out for my favorite sporting team of all time the Waratahs like I'm the most passionate Waratahs supporter out there and I'm, I get a lot of shit hung on me right now for that I don't care I love them um, and so we had essentially my hero that would pop round, and I would teach him how to DJ sometimes and I kind of held off giving giving this idea to him until like I thought I could do it justice. So you know I'm writing business plans, how I think this is all going to look, and just was too scared to to tell him. and uh, eventually I did, and he just he just lapped it up he goes, this is brilliant, and he was really happy to use, I suppose his platform. but one of the the coolest things that that Bernard did was uh, take this business proposal. Uh, and, and take it seriously. And, and whilst he was playing in World Cups, even up until 2019 in Japan, he was in the background shooting off emails, making things happen for us with aqua rugby. But look, um, essentially from there, once we got all the business plans and the likes sorted and, and, and put the, the hard yakka in and got the, the shitty ideas out of the way, but had done our budgets and, and the likes, we, uh, we brought it to to def- different members of the government um, and we were lucky that with the, the network we had in some places, but we had to leverage our network in many other places to get in front of the right people and, and, and be taken seriously with a berserk idea. And that was a tough hurdle to overcome, but I'm so glad we did because... Um, you know, it 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 proved there was an appetite for something different, and and that just because it's the government doesn't mean that they're always going to think something's boring. They really jumped at it, especially James Griffin from down in Manly, who's our, who's the local um, MP down here, and um, RMS, the the Marine Services in in Sydney, gave us all the information we needed to do um, to to get things in line. Um, we also I also went out to some some corporate contacts and got some. Uh, potential interest in there as well um to see if this idea would would be backed by a sponsor if i went you know balls in on this and um the the reception was good so um look I, that's where i knew that uh that there was a big decision in front of me and uh it's either I, you know i go out on my own or or, or really give this a, a crack and um special mention to to one of those corporate contacts to a, a bloke called shane anderton from deutsch miller who's our uh, Chairman now, who really implored me to do so, and, and yeah, you essentially mentored me through that process.
1: Jimmy, I'm more of a force man, uh, F.Y.I. <laughs> but um, yeah, absolutely. Waratahs, one of the great rugby union clubs in the nation. When, when you start anything, you know, albeit an idea or a business or, or whatever it is, it's very normal to sort of hit both the extremes of thinking. Whereby you know you think your idea is the greatest thing in the world, or then you think, oh, it's too hard. I'll, I'll do something else. Firstly, like I'd love to hear about when you might have had doubts around the idea, and then and then maybe like what was the moment when you knew you were onto a good thing here, and, and maybe you sh- you should put everything into it.
2: Oh yeah, look, um, we all we all have we all have our doubts. I think. Um, But I feel like sometimes that can be a personal sort of fade of confidence, whether it be with an idea or generally just in yourself. But when it came to this concept, look, um, to be honest with you, Ryan, like any, it's starting anything and, and as you mentioned, like starting anything and going, oh, do I follow through with this or not? Like that's something that's always excited me. Like to be honest with you, I would write, I would fucking write letters to the Queen, Right. When I was young, I was I was like nine years old, and I would just start and go and do it, and I'd always follow through with it. I'd say it in the kitchen, and I'd go and write a handwrite a letter to the Queen. I I wrote emails to the West Indies cricket team because I was a fan and I wanted to meet them in Australia, and I ended up bowling in the net in the nets to to the Shivnarine uh, Chanderpaul in Canberra. Like I would, it was something that excited me and something I always started getting a, a thrill out of. So. Um, I saw I saw the results of that I think and from a really young age my mum will be cracking up right now because she just yeah she couldn't believe that the things that I would like get up to but it it, it worked and I saw the results of throwing yourself out there writing an email or writing a letter and it pays off um so um that's something that that does excite me but yeah yeah like Doubts, doubts, are definitely there, but I suppose something bringing it back to Aqua Rugby, like we never made snap decisions or we didn't have a light bulb moment where, oh my God, that's the idea, that's what we're doing. Like I'm sure it happens in in movies and things like that a lot, but that that wasn't the case with this. We were patient with everything we did uh, from an idea stage and and picking out picking our times well to progress the idea, making sure we we're in the position. To progress the idea, or take it to that next person, to take it to the MP of Manly, to um, to email it through to that certain contact, just not rushing it, but making sure it, things were in line and they didn't seem rushed. Um, and, um, and and that's why I, it was adverse to doubts, I suppose. You know, things like doing strategy sessions when we didn't have the funding to push this forward, but we we paid a a, a strategy. Sort of manager to come in and and essentially go around the table to myself, Bernard, other marketing stakeholders in the room, and say, "What's your why for doing this?" Um, And and I think that's so important when you come up with an idea that it's not just some light bulb moment and a flash in the pan. You all look around the room and say, "Why the hell are you doing this?" And with aqua rugby. Every single one of us found a, a, a link in the room, and at that stage, about three three years ago, you know, when Australian rugby was in a pretty dark place, we all wanted to help Australian rugby, and there was a purpose behind it all, and that's what drove us to keep pushing with this. And you know, now we're at a stage now where we we're not competitors of Australian rugby, which is not what we want to be either. We're enhancers of Australian rugby. We're working with the Waratahs. We're working with Rugby AU. And we're all in. All stakeholders involved in those conversations are excited and enjoying it. Um, but look, I, I mean, doubts, yeah, you have them, but when your confidence is down, so just that, what I'd recommend to any sports grad listeners is um, when you have your doubts, recognise that, take a deep breath and, and then start again fresh once you've had a small break. Small breaks, I walk out to my balcony and you have a small break, come back, I can be a new man sometimes, so. Um, and and a book I'd recommend on that, that's by Tim Duggan, uh, this uh, the guy that founded Junkie Media called Cult Status, and he 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 has this part of his book which is called Defining Your Altar and 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 finding your your place of congregation. So when you're coming up with an idea, just really sort of centralize um, where you want to be with that, and and that's what we did with Bernard and friends when we really defined our business and our why? Why the hell are we doing this? Which which countered any doubts I think there, Ryan.
1: We love whenever guests can throw books in there. It, it's one of the it, it it shows a great answer, and you know, <laughs> we'll have that book in the show notes by the way for everyone listening. But oh,
2: okay, okay.
1: Any any there's books involved, we love, and I think it's another great one, right?
2: <laughs> what are you what are you, what, what are you guys reading at the moment, then? What, what are you finding that uh, has helped you guys through your process?
0: Well, like I'm. I'm very glad you asked and very glad you talked about the, you know, having a strong why, because I'm literally reading start with why by Simon Sinek at the moment. And like any touch point that I happen to be focusing on with, with sports grad, you know, having this book has brought me back to how I should approach that particular situation or item or whatever, whatever it is. And um, so that, that's just been like a a guiding light for everything we do. And I feel like it's been a, uh, a really important part of you know being able to do this sustainably to this point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think you can get so much guidance out of a book. What I find when I read books, and I'm I'm very picky with which, which books I read. I don't really read that many. I'll be honest with you, boys. But when I do, I, I'm committed. But I I, um, I identify how that transmits to my life, and I think that's what everyone does when they read a book. Surely. But I, I, I go through a bookstore sometimes, and one thing I find is I don't like to be told what books to read. But there's exceptions to that. I was over in um, I was over doing some work in Real Madrid, as you mentioned there, Rubes, and um, as, as a part of Torrens University Graduate Program, um, uh, MBA, uh, should I say, in sports management, which I would recommend highly to anyone that is has, has an under, undergraduate degree. Um, definitely look into that course at torrens university did great things for me got me to real madrid and i was speaking to the bloody managing director of real madrid and he he recommended this book the power of full engagement by jim lower l-o-e-h-r and tony schwartz and it was just the the best guidebook i could have had to helping me start this business but also identified other strong points um in you as a person and as a professional. So on the book front, there's one for you straight from the MD of Real Madrid.
1: Well, two. I think we've probably spoken about four books now in this episode, so we're slowly building a library of groups. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll, have, we'll have them available, which is great. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I'm, Sports grad I'm, Amazon, eh? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned uh, Tim Duggan. Because I saw a post by him, must have been late last year, and he had just—he was taking a career break. I think he just resigned from from Junkie or Punky, and um, after 25 years starting it when he was, you know, 21, 22 years old, and wrote this great article about, you know, 23 years learned from 23 years doing business, and that led me down the rabbit hole of, of finding his book, Cult Status, and I've just followed him on LinkedIn ever since, and I just noticed he's just got back from six months traveling around Australia in a van working remotely, doing conferences from a laptop stacked on top of piles of books on top of a trestle table in the middle of the outback and thinking, you know, this guy's onto something. That's that's the life that I want.
2: Well, um, do, you, do you have plans to take the podcast overseas and, and, and host it overseas when this is all done? What are your grand plans for the podcast?
0: Oh, like we'd love to take as far as possible. Right now, we've got a membership that's got members in, in India, Singapore, Italy, Costa Rica. Uh, Qatar, England, USA, Australia. so Argentina, we've got I can't point about the fans in Argentina really. Yes yeah, yeah, we got this Jimmy, we got this our our favorite review came from the um, this lovely lady called Sean who works at Argentina cricket and she sent me a message and said, Ruben, I've just found the sports grad podcast and I've literally stayed up all night into the morning listening to every single episode. Wow. and there were only about 15 episodes at the time. Yeah, it was just kind of phenomenal that Probably. someone in Argentina had found us and, and loved it.
2: it. there is a place for sports grad podcasts in every country in the world, I employ you, to look at your options to to scale and grow because it's bloody great what you're doing. And we're we're doing the, the same thing with aqua rugby. Think ahead and dream big and and, and put those steps in place, you big legends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh come coming back to aqua rugby. So you you've got your plan in place and everything's starting to look like it can take shape how do you go about building out your team of what's now 10 contracted staff
2: yeah oh look uh that's that's an easy one reuben um it comes down to passion i can you can feel and see passion in anyone and and that's not just for aqua rugby australia it's not about rugby and it's not about marine life it, like it, it is just passion in in what you do and what you Want to bring to the table? I'd I'd, I'd really say that um, so many people were intrigued by minor posts I'd do on on LinkedIn with this that they approached me and and said, you know, this this looks fantastic. Or if if I you know a, a lot of it happened very naturally. If I'm honest with you, Ruben, I wasn't out there putting jobs on Seek and the likes. I'm more likely to respond so much like more enthusiastically to. A, a a young woman who reaches out to me and says, I've seen this event and this is, this, this is a story. I've seen your event. I live in Manly. This seems so cool. I don't know what I can do to help, but I just want to grab a coffee. That she's now, she's part of our events team, you know, and it's just that, that passion of being like, well, this is, and, and that honesty, like I, I don't, I, I want to know how I can help and, and put herself out there and, um, that, that that passion of of wanting to be involved, um, you know, definitely is massive, you know. But but I won't lie to you guys. There's luck involved too. I mean, going back to to Burning Man, there, Ruben, my head of event operations, I met at Burning Man. Like I kid you not. Um, so <laughs> some DJing, I was I was touring through the states in in. Um, 2018, uh, I played LA Burning Man. Uh, we got over to Spy Club in uh, Spy Bar in in Chicago, and my music label held a big night at, and in Brooklyn in a warehouse. And um, I was I was playing a set at, at Burning Man, and I came back to to my camp. And it turns out the guy that was running the camp, um, you know, uh, he, he's huge in event production. He'd, he'd run events over at the Champions League final for Heineken and uh, for Mastercard and the likes. He was big. He's based out of Amsterdam. He was an Aussie guy though. COVID hit. He's he, he's back in Australia, and I'm um, I'm having beers at um, at one of my best mate Nacha's house. Uh, we're sitting on the couch, and um, obviously the world of events has just come to a crashing halt. And they've moved in together. And then I was just talking about this aqua rugby thing. I'm like, yeah, I need like a. I really need someone that knows their shit. You know, I'm looking around, I can't find anyone that can do it, like get my vision and my ideas in my head and get me and, and just deliver it, I'm struggling. And then we all just looked at each other on the couch with the beers in our hand and just go, oh right, Timbers one of the best event producers in the world and he's stuck in Australia now. And now that's our, that's our head of operations, <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> it sounds like uh, again it's another brilliant ideas when you're on the beers. Uh you know yeah, they always yeah, seem to come yeah. out.
2: In moderation, in moderation I <laughs> saying. but um yeah no it's um you, you, there is there is some luck involved guys um with the team that you build, but I think you've got to trust your uh, gut instinct on on the person and their commitment. Um but um we we've, we've been so fortunate at our core rugby um, with the the passion that's being shown, um, the the want to be involved, and um, and you know, I think you just really got to have an honest. Co- I think on, an honest conversation from my end as someone that will be essentially their their manager or the CEO of their organization, um, but also just you know managing managing the expectations in in those conversations of workload and and work life balance and everything like that. I just think it's so central to running a a, a fun team this is this is meant to be fun as well um and, and work doesn't have to be a slave
1: love that a lot work-life balance we harp on a lot about it roofs don't we that uh it, it can't be uh can't be discounted so it's a good one jimmy um this might sound like uh we're asking for our own, our own benefit uh so bear with me but actually i'll tell you about we kind of are asking you this for our benefit <laughs> But you're just starting out and you mentioned before you got in front of you know um, some corporates and whatever you need to do, but how did you get in front of some major brands to secure a, like sponsorship deals across the board?
2: Yeah, um, look, I, I think face to face networking first and foremost. Um, Find just just be having coffees uh, with people and and getting in front of people and building a relationship and building a rapport, like even though sometimes you might feel like you're out of your league doing something like that, I'll remember every time I have a coffee with someone that's put themselves out there to do that and, and find an, it. I'll be, I'll, I'll be more forward to find an opportunity for that person that, um, that that might just send me an email and hope for the best. Um, but to get to that point, I, I really, really recommend um, authentic authentic use of LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is just so key to get yourself in front of the right people. Do your research and and find who is the right person on LinkedIn and contact them, but, you know, authentically, tastefully. Um, And you can find yourself in front of some of the biggest players in corporate Australia, if not the world, if you do that well. It's the best tool that's out there. There's no two ways about it for corporate networking. Um, And then line up that coffee in person. but that goes that goes the same for any social media platform. I'd say. I mean, we're we're talking about the modern world here. You, you're a representative. My, my I'm just as much of a representative on my private Facebook account as I am on my LinkedIn. It's something you like genuinely have to manage and authentically and spread a, a message. It's not just um, it's not just like hey, Nan, I'm I'm in Scotland now. It's beyond that. You're managing your own brand um so i i would recommend um yeah first and foremost linkedin and and doing it well and authentically and approaching people from with a reason to and 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 a cool reason to but also you know showing your cards um but once you once you've got people in your network and that you can contact them firsthand get face to face grab a coffee it's going to make so much more of an impact and and don't even be nervous it's it's you're doing a great thing if you're doing that
0: absolutely And I'll just second how powerful LinkedIn can be. And also the fact that you talked about doing it in a really authentic way. Because I think where a lot of students come unstuck is they feel like they have to be something that they're not. When in reality, they just Mm. relax and chill out. They're going to come across in a much more receptive manner. So... Um,
2: it's the not that I, I, I love about people. that's what that st- makes you stand out about people. <laughs> Tell them, you, you know what I mean like don't don't say I've done this and, and achieve this just be like, look, this is, this is where I'm living and this is why this, this is the reason I, like I, I never add anyone on LinkedIn unless I've got and you know when you go to add one and you hit connect and it goes add a note, add a bloody note. Put something personal that makes you stand up, but also give yourself a reason to go back to them when you're friends and say, I'd like to grab that coffee.
0: Jimmy, I wanna I wanna check in with you in a month's time to see how many people do this. But if I was a student listening to this, thinking I want to get in touch with you, I'm probably gonna follow up this episode after I finish listening to it by sending you a message along the lines of something like, Hey Jimmy, just listen to your episode on the Sports Guide Podcast. Would love to grab a copy and just chat with you about how upper rugby is going amongst you know other things such as Burning Man. Would love to hear your experience with that. <laughs> just chuck, chuck in something extra because there is so much that you've shared with us that you know people can use out there to just be authentic with their approach to you.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I shared with with people when I would add them coming through the ranks as well that I was. Playing rugby, but geez, I was average, and put something quirky in there, or, or you know, I just feel like, look, let's let's cut the bullshit. This is why I'm adding you.
1: Being real and being yourself. I
2: mean, it, yeah, that's it. That's that authentic use. Um, and, and I, I don't just say that for LinkedIn. I say that across your own all your social media platforms. We all know what where they're, they're there for in certain ways. Your Instagram is about your image. Your, your Facebook's about something, but you probably is more of a cause. Everything's got their own sort of Id- idiosyncrasies, but I'd like. Let's focus on LinkedIn here for, for sports grad. You can still do it just as authentically and not try to be something you're not. Um, and, and that is what had, has over the past few years got me a lot further. And that's something that I'll definitely be looking at for anyone that wants to get involved in our journey along the way.
0: Absolutely. So it was like 2020, I started posting a lot more frequently on LinkedIn. And the first couple of times you do it, you're kind of freaking out thinking, what are people going to think of you? And eventually get to a point where you're posting memes on LinkedIn on a Friday afternoon and just thinking, you know what, we'll see what happens to you. And, you know, no one said, Ruben, what the hell are you doing spamming my LinkedIn feed with memes? Like people were receptive to it. And so once you kind of get that feedback that it's okay to just share something funny because you think it's funny, you know, the world's your oyster.
2: Yeah, I think um, absolutely, Ruben, like you can... It, it's nerve wracking to share something online. Shit, I get nervous putting a, a, a Facebook post up? And, and oh shit! Imagine if I get two or three likes, I'm going to look like an absolute, you know, Derek. Like the way that we are naturally geared now. But um, and I still get I, I, on certain aspects where you're sharing, especially an opinion on something that can come back and 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 bite you potentially. But. Um, that's something that's something I have to work on even personally and it's a good point you raise it's just like just if it means something to you go go out and, and say it and and don't hold back and that's something I, I put in actually my, my goals uh this year is not to hold back in in fear of confrontation uh and that's something that we we do uh many times in business but um I'm really comfortable with where I sit in business now when I should I like as long as everything, you know, I'm talking about things that are incredibly respectful and and the likes. I'm not talking things that are out of line. But, you know, share your opinion and don't be afraid of it in fear of confrontation.
0: Jimmy, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it seems like a pretty risky time to be investing time and money into events. Does the lingering pandemic stress you out at all?
2: Uh, not really, Reuben. Um we've, we've worked through every aspect of our business, um, and the ups and downs of COVID in in preparing for that. In Australia, we're very fortunate. um, And I know there's listeners from all around the world, but in Australia, we're very lucky that we've handled this very well and that there's a hunger for events right now. People want something to look forward to. People want something to book in a ticket for the end of the year and make sure that it's what they want to do. in, uh, in what we're doing in aqua rugby, we're in a great position to be able to do that and guarantee that. And, um, yeah, look, on our end, guess what? Some, some of our biggest sessions as a company are in our terms and conditions of what happens in this COVID world if this comes back and bites us in the arse. And without all of our supplies, we are taking a huge risk. But, you, you know, it's it's a risk in this world that I think you, you've got to be willing to take. It could actually pay off for us and make us one of the greatest sports entertainment days out. In Australian history and it's whether you want to take that punch or not I, I suppose but also we're very fortunate to be in a position where uh, and, you know we we've got the resources with a with a legal team that is on board out of you know the funding we put in to put the hard yards to to see what this COVID thing could do for an event but man I've, I've worked in the I've worked in the the music industry for about a decade now and I'm seeing mates of mine hurt they're going down that some of the greatest electronic music companies are starting to fold, um, which yeah, that's that's scary. So we're doing everything we can to to cater for that. But you know, um, is it a risky time to invest in events? Would that? It's I suppose it's not what our, our investors that are screaming for this in in the USA, Sri Lanka, Perth, Singapore, Auckland, like. They, they love this concept and they're willing to put their money on the line and bloody make sure it happens because people want events right now just as much, even if there's that that, that chance that, guess what, this might get cancelled. I think pe- people have a little bit more of a tolerance for people, for, for shit going wrong and getting cancelled now. Um, and, and the general public, the entertainment lover, have a, a greater appetite to look forward to something great and, and that's what we're doing.
1: You mentioned Perth just then, Jimmy. I reckon, and yeah. I'm sure you've heard of this particular location. It's Rottnest Island, and I reckon aqua <laughs> rugby would be absolutely perfect there. So tell me, yeah, yeah, the
2: quackers, <laughs> yeah, the Quokkas, yeah, what the a Quokkas, Quokkas, yeah, Quokkas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah um, we're 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 in some exciting conversations over in Perth. Um, we're we're dealing with uh, Nathan Charles, the CEO of Rugby WA, who's a former rugby player himself. If if, if you look him up. Uh, To any sports grab listeners uh, that might be in Perth, Uh, Nathan Charles on LinkedIn, uh, CEO of Rugby WA. He's got an incredible story. Someone worth you guys talking to as well. He he grew up with cystic fibrosis, played for the Wallabies and is now CEO of Rugby WA. He he can only be two years older than me, 32.
1: Brilliant. Well, for those in Perth or elsewhere, uh, go and have a chat. To him and hear about plans in Perth, which I, I reckon I'd fly over for just quietly. I you have to me. come
2: over for it, Ryan. Go on. We'll get you over there.
1: That would be bloody epic. <laughs> um, <laughs> going back to, to when you started Aqua Rugby, um, and I'm interested to hear sort of where where did you need the most support from other people to get this off the ground? Because obviously you've had a lot of experience in sport already.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. What were some areas that you, you really called on others to help you with to, to get it off the ground?
2: In the early days, and let's talk pre aqua rugby, so that this is in the context of many people that probably didn't have that experience that, that I had had before I, I took this ballsy leap, I suppose. Um, Your mates, that those pub chats or, or those those nights out with the girls, where you've got someone one on one and you run something past them, they are the they are the conversations I remember honestly, more than some top CEOs giving me great advice. And, and that's, that's natural for everyone because you don't, you, it doesn't go any further unless you run those ideas past your mates. They might not be a bloody, they might not be a sport, sporting CEO, but they, they, they know you well. And uh they know when you're on to something, and they can probably read you well when you're you're throwing your passion into something and it's worth following um but I, I, after that um in terms of launching aqua rugby um I'd break that down into two silos if you will um professionally and personally professionally well you're your investors <laughs> yeah. um but not just your not just your financial investors i think um People that are willing to give you time without charging you to get your idea off the ground. Find out who those people are and you bloody cherish them. I mentioned a bloke called Shane Anderson earlier in the podcast who was a he was a client of mine in Cricket Australia and he I, I, he was one of the people that I test ran. Like, what would you would you be interested in buying tickets to this thing if I did it to do my market research? That was the only way I could do it. And he said, "Buddy Earth, actually, can we make a meeting next week?" He came back the next week, and I, and and this is where aqua rugby really progressed because he came back. He goes, "Jim, I don't just want to show my interest in aqua rugby. I I want to help you turn this from a, a, a festival, an event, into a sport, a groundbreaking sport, and a new sport." Shane then went on and he built together a corporate governance system for us we've now got a board and, and uh and he supported us he runs one of the top law firms in sydney George miller and gave his time so realize who's giving you time and don't treat that like shit whatever you do especially with with people that know a lot more than you um you know that that's that's the other thing value who knows more than you and people that are more skilled than you don't be threatened by it value them so highly in helping you in in what you can do and make sure they bloody know it because that's the only reason aqua rugby is whereas today that people that are, are more experienced and skilled than me showed their support and their time uh into me um and then on the other side uh, personally bloody hell, it's, it's not a hard one uh, you, you my girlfriend emma has had to literally roll this, this roller coaster, with me every step of the way from being made redundant without a job and and doing this without pay just after we'd moved into this house um my my parents going you're out of a job at cricket australia and you're starting what <laughs> um a, a, a very special uh, mention to my brother who uh, in the depths of covid we were both redundant uh, we would sit on the beach going like shit like you know this is what i think i'm going to be doing and and uh, I, I said I was going to commit to Aqua Rugby and, um, and he wanted to commit to a, a book and, and a shout-out to he's, he's, he's got a book on Amazon right now called The Tao, T-A-O, Tao of Wealth and Prosperity. Uh, that, that's, that's on Amazon. You can grab it and it's a really modern take on financial planning and, and um, managing your finances. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, it's that professional and, and, and personal aspect of where you need support to get things going. We all know it deep down, within. Um, uh, but you know, it's um, you, you needed it to get through. You can't do this stuff on your own.
0: Jimmy, our paths have been relatively similar in that we were both part of the redundancies made by Cricket Australia in June 2020, and we've both had ideas brewing for for three years in the background. And now, coronavirus has created an opportunity to bring them to life. One question that I've been asked a few times, and would love to get your perspective on, is. How did you deal with and move on from losing your job at Cricket Australia? Like, were you ready to resign and make the jump into Acra Rug because it sounds like it's extremely well set up, or was that a bitter and hard pill to swallow?
2: Oh, you're never ready to hear that you've been made redundant. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty gutting conversation, Ruben. I think we we uh, you know we were both on all the, the the phone calls at Cricket Australia when when you know those tough times were happening. Um, yeah, look, I, I had been working on aqua rugby for a matter of a matter of years, um, at, but at a very much slower pace in the background. Uh, but that was nowhere near ready to persevere. Um, but the vision was there, and and um, when when positions were offered up when our team got shrunk down, I, I opted not to reapply, and it, it pushed me along to to say, yeah, let's. That's persevere. It probably I, I probably needed to just push myself into it, but I also knew that Cricket Australia had such capable people that are going to service Australian cricket better than me, um, that are passionate about it, and such great like representatives and of, of the sport um, that have been there, you know, much longer than I had. Than me with a vision and and not putting my well, I, I was I always put my hundred percent work in it, but it wasn't my one hundred percent focus um, professionally. So it, it was a, it was almost like a moral decision, but COVID was definitely a trigger for me to say, "Well, just go and do it," you know, get it done, and and instead of putting it off, and um, and then yeah, it it, it certainly uh, gained momentum after that. But I was very lucky um, to have the, the folks at Cricket Australia um, really support me from from that point and until till now, and and I'm sure they were moving forward, you know, help help me. Uh, chase my dream and vision
1: what uh what excites you most about being an entrepreneur compared to being an employee
2: I, I struggle with that term, entrepreneur. Eh? I know, I know it's probably what I am. I just struggle with it. Um, I'm Jimmy. I'm an I'm i an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I can't do it. <laughs> um, uh, mate, I would uh, I would say, Ryan, it's it's accountability. Um, it's not wanting to be my own boss or anything like that. It's me being accountable for my actions on a day to day basis. Um, I like owning my decisions, um, whether that be again personally or professionally. Um, I, I stand by them, and I, and I, um, and I reflect on them more, um, which is only going to sort of help me grow. And I think that that idea of um, being being accountable and being in charge of your own dream and vision is is something um, that that you know it, it's just it's just so important to me, mate. I think it's just, it's, for example, if you go to, we'll go back to that time at Real Madrid, you know, they hire people based on their entrepreneurial mindset to join the organisation that you need to think laterally. You don't need to be essentially smart by the book. You just need to think out of the book a little bit more and um, want to look at different approaches to business or having a side or passion project that that's okay. In fact, it's actually encouraged and, um, you know, I was really, I was really lucky to have that at Cricket Australia with with those that uh, I work closely with. But uh, when it when it comes to sort of going out on your own, compared to uh, being an employer of a company, that's that's always something that's just excited me, and and that's um, that that I've had a lot of fun with. Not hasn't always meant I've been successful, but um, we've we've had some success over the years, and there's been projects that didn't last the, the distance as well. But Um, Yeah, I I think you've got to be just willing to learn and accountable for those decisions.
0: Finally, Jimmy, we asked this question to uh, many of our guests and we're particularly excited to ask it to you just because of the way that you are wired, which is, um, you know, very clear uh, to see from what you've shared with us today. But if you are just graduated and you're looking for a job in sport, what is one left-of-field idea that you would be prepared to do to catch the attention of of someone and, and create a job for yourself? You mentioned writing letters to the Queen, writing letters to the West, <laughs> West Indies. What, what have you got for this scenario?
2: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's going to come back to bite me, I reckon. <laughs> um, I think, um, look, I actually saw something on LinkedIn recently from a famous business uh, woman that uh, she was approached by someone that saw she didn't have a, a Wikipedia page so the, this up and comer, she she made a Wikipedia page for them, got it through to them on on LinkedIn or on email, and said, "Look, I, I really I I can see how fantastic you are at what you do, uh, and and you know um, how much exposure and press you've got." But I realised you didn't have a Wikipedia page, so I've made you one, and then sent her through the link, and she she's had a career with that company forever. So I, I think. Um, show off your skill set and um, create something like an attachment into an email that's going to interest people for your reason for contacting them every time. Um, you know, from, from my example um, with, with aqua rugby, um, jersey ideas for the players or um, ideas for competitions to win tickets to aqua rugby and things like that. Think out of the box um, and then once, once you've got their attention, get them face to face. Don't continue the conversation online go and grab a coffee um or I, sometimes in my case it's a beer and and tee it up and go and get it
1: done no brilliant jimmy we'll um we'll leave it there for today but just thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast i think you know you, you just show how how real you are i think it's probably come out in this episode you know you, you say it how it is and um and you backed yourself and it's absolutely awesome to see the success you're having so um, good luck with Aqua Rugby um, and appreciate you sort of bringing us on your journey so far and there's so much for students out there and, and, and listeners to uh, to take from your story so thanks so much for coming on
2: I appreciate it Ryan and Ruben and uh, yeah look let's touch base in five years time and see how things have changed
1: perfect we'll,
0: uh, we we'll might see you have then follow up episode and we'll, uh, we'll reference this episode
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounds good boys sounds good all the best
1: All right. Well, that was uh, that was absolutely awesome, rooves, I must say, talking to Jimmy, I was—I don't know why—but I wasn't expecting to uh, to really enjoy that so much. It was really interesting, and his story is something else. I think he's just a really confident and real operator, which which was really cool to hear. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely! It's like so much passion, so much energy. And
0: just like a joy to to chat to. Like it's no wonder that people want to follow him on a vision. Like I was like I was ready to send him an email and say, can I work for rugby <laughs> for Accor Rugby Australia after that? But uh one one of the things that really stood out to me was how consistently he had created opportunities for himself by getting face to face with people. I think there's a lot of chat around doing stuff over Zoom these days, but from jimmy's experience nothing beats getting face to face with people and creating opportunities through that and so i think for anybody out there listening the first thing i would be doing is finding ways to get in front of the right people that are going to take you the places that you want to go
1: yeah absolutely it was he was big on getting face to face and i think you know in the world we live in now um, it can be easy just to organize a zoom or something like that so getting face to face was a really good one um, one for me, and I, I know I mentioned a little bit in, in the intro there, but, you know, the authenticity around the way you're reaching out to people. Um, And, you know, he provided a couple of examples there around how he if he speaks to someone on LinkedIn, and he mentioned how good LinkedIn is as a tool to reach out to whoever you want to, but make sure you're coming from the right place and you understand the why. Uh, why am I reaching out to this person and, and what can they do to help me? So, I thought that was something that was really important and maybe sometimes we take for granted a little bit how easy it is just to connect with someone with the click of a button. Yeah,
0: 100%. I think the other thing that I took away from Jimmy was just how positive his mindset is. Like he's got these ideas, he can see this vision in his head and he's not going to let these doubts that, you know, creep into his mind. They're still real, they still exist, but he acknowledges them and moves around them and finds ways to get things done and bring people on the journey with him. And so I think, You know, one of the best things you can take away from this is just if you're going to adopt even, you know, 10% of Jimmy's mindset to the way that he's approaching some of the challenges that he's dealing with, then you're going to be far better
1: off than where he started. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Well, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, team. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends or your classmates who also have to figure out all of this sports career stuff. As you can see, this podcast is practically a masterclass and it's free. And you and your circles deserve to have it. So please share it
0: far and wide. Finally, when you are ready to make sense of tackling jobs in sport, go check out the Sports Grad Method. This is an e-book I wrote based on eight years of trying to get into the sports industry and teaching others how to do it too. All of that is condensed down into a proven process to getting jobs in sport. If you're like me and enjoy things broken out into logical steps, then I think you're going to enjoy it. To get a hold of that, download it from www.sportsgrad.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Chat to you soon.